0: Happy you're back with us in World Cup Coffee and Tea for another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation. I'm Tom D'Antoni reminding you that you can find these things on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and tune in. Just search for Oregon Music News. With me today is a guy I've known to say hi to, to do a little business with, but I've never really sat down and shot the shit with him. He's always been kind of a mystery to me. He's Nicholas Harris, who also helps run Sold Out Productions, that's the Sold Out Festival. But he's also running the newest jazz soul-funk hip-hop club in Portland, the one in the basement of the venerable Rialto. We're going to get to the lowdown on that, and also a lot of other things, including his love of all things New Orleans. This is going to be a good one, because I've been looking forward to talking with him for a long time. Meet Nicholas Harris. Was welcome to the cupping room here at World Cup Coffee and Tea. Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah, I it. it. Northwest 18th and Gleason. Um, glad you could make it. Uh, th- now, I, 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 used to, I have been going to the Rialto forever. Yeah, sure. Because it's always fun. Yeah. You know, I used to go and have lunch there. Sure, sure. And uh, I would, I would go and and, and play the horses. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I'm yep. from, I'm from Baltimore. Sure. And I used to go to Pimlico. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly, I a, exactly. I used, to, I used to have a press pass. Nice. To go, go sit in the press in, in 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 the press box at Pimlico, and the first time I went there, to my surprise, there were there was a betting window in the yeah, press box. I believe,
1: I believe that. I believe that.
0: All the writers thought they were tots, and I, they, sure. I, every time I, t- I, 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 I took uh, their advice, I was lost. Right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so um, so I was, I, I, and then I heard that the Rialto was going to go out of business. Yeah. And what
1: happened? Well, uh, the Rialto itself was th- was going to be sold. The business was going to be sold. I mean, obviously, right now, 2017, Portland, Oregon. There's a lot of changes going on in the city. Uh, I think we hear it quite often, people kind of decrying the loss of old Portland and and bemoaning the arrival of the new Portland. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a whole different conversation probably exactly what those things mean and what that actually is going to lead to. But uh, Rialto, as you said, it, you know, it's been around for almost 100 years. It's an institution, Southwest Fourth and Alder downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been around for a very long time, and uh, obviously, you know, there was a desire by the uh, the new owners, Frank and Manish, to preserve this historic space, and so that was the initial inspiration to to, mm-hmm. to acquire the space. Um, and Frank then release from Frank exactly, exactly. Star. Star yeah. Theater and Dante's exactly. Yeah. We work together a lot. The great guys. They have a great eye for uh, space those, and.
0: Both, both of those guys do that. Yeah.
1: Okay. And so they have they they've got a great track record here in town of yeah. of developing cool unique spaces and yeah. and and kind of allowing uh, allowing them to kind of flourish and grow. And so there's this downstairs space at the Rialto that, honestly, I had been to the Rialto many times myself. and I didn't even know it was even down there. Yeah, um, yeah. I had heard that there was old literary events there, and there was yeah. an old Portland State University professor that did some writing workshops down there, yeah. and apparently that was uh, that was associated with the name, the Jack London, but for the most part, it had sat, sat dormant for the last four or five years, wow. and uh, so when when they... Realized they were taking over the space, and they knew they had this, this basement area downstairs at the Rialto they came to us and asked us about uh, you know, our, our interest in programming the room and, and programming uh, Is that the editorial the us,
0: or are you talking about sold-out productions? Who are you talking so, about? So, yeah, when I
1: say us, I mean sold-out productions, okay. yes. So, in, so we're based here in Oregon, yeah. uh, in Portland. Uh, we produce the Sold-Out Festival every yes. year. Uh, we do the New Orleans Jazz Fest by Night series out in New Orleans every year. I worked for the D.C. Jazz Festival for 10 years, and I was a talent buyer for the last three years I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got a long history with the jazz world, with um, – with this type of music here in Portland. And so, you know, it was a good fit. And we, and we worked together on the Star Theater. We, we uh, hold the calendar there as well for Frank. So, you know, we have a good track record, a good, we had a good working relationship, and we had the opportunity to put together this, this club, which was exciting in and of itself. And so you take that uh, opportunity and you combine that with the reality that at the same time, uh, pretty much coincidentally, uh, at the same time, it coincided. That Jimmy Max, our beloved long-standing yep. jazz venue here in Portland, was going to close, yeah. and we found out about and in the same week. I found out in the same week about this new space opening and the, and the Jimmy Max closing. So, wow. it was one of those things where, whatever you know, trepidation I may have had as far as you know. Trying to have a personal life, or you know, <laughs> taking on another project at this yeah. point, or how much time I can commit to this over a long period of time, mm-hmm. you know, all the natural uh, reluctancies associated with that. You know, once we knew that Jimmy Max was going away, it seemed like it was yeah. uh, bigger than us, or, or more necessary than ever that we have this space here in town. Mm-hmm. So, you know, regardless of all those concerns or, or, or trepidations. Uh, you know, we, we had to jump in with both feet because it's it's absolutely critical for a city a growing city like Portland or a city of this side of any kind or a city with the history that Portland does have mm-hmm. to not have a regular home for jazz music in, in yeah. the city so so what, what is your critical. vision for the place well the vision for the space it's it 's a basement spot mm-hmm. uh, so you know that's that has a lot of history in in you know in jazz clubs yeah. uh, in New York or where have you, yeah. you know, descending down into this kind of subterranean cavern. I mean, uh-huh. the Bohemian Caverns in Washington D.C. was one of my favorite places to ever go, yep. and uh, yep. obviously the Village Vanguard, and you know, a lot of these places had this kind of similar thing. So that was a that was a kind of a, po- a positive thing right off the bat, uh, something to work with. You mentioned a little bit about the, just the, the the building of the Rialto itself. I mean, it, it's in some ways having a uh, a pool hall. Uh, OTB, f- dog track, ho- horse track, and a poker lounge uh, <laughs> attached to a jazz club. Some might call that heaven on earth. Um, <laughs> you know, a den of iniquity, at least. Uh, now, whether that's heaven on earth for some or not, it's 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 definitely. I appreciate it because it has this kind of old school feel, where it's 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 all tied in together, and yeah. and uh, I appreciate that. It, I think it's a it's a cool benefit of, of how these different pieces of the puzzle all fit into the, the overall the project. So as far as that, you know, a lot of it was kind of already done as far as just the, the physical location, mm-hmm. the physical constraints of the location. But the space itself, you know, we wanted to go classy. We wanted it to be, you know, you want to walk in and you want to feel like it's a 1930s, 1940s uh, speakeasy. Um, you know, we, we Frank and, and his crew did a fantastic job. They pulled up layers of old tile and crap and they got the original hardwood floors and redid those, and the original hardwood posts. Or downstairs? downstairs? in yeah. the Jack London. Yeah. Uh, so if you go down there you can see it's, you, you won't understand if you haven't seen the, the space a few months ago, but oh. <laughs> it's an incredible amount of work that they've done and it yeah. looks amazing. Uh, we got this incredible PA put in uh, with top of the line production, so it sounds incredible. Uh, you know, it's one thing to, to have a space uh, to have to maintain, it's another space. Another thing to have a space that's really curated or, or dialed in to actually h- provide a quality experience. Yeah, uh, it's one thing to have a space that people will go to because there's nothing else in town. It's another thing to have a place that people don't want to see live music anywhere else after they've been there and that's that's our that's our standard that's our goal so you know that's that's what we're hoping
0: for about the sound is is jay bozich your regular audio guy yes he is what a gem yeah (laughs) jay's been i mean he he's been he's been so good for so long and nobody knows it
1: he's uh you know people in the portland know him for sure people in the the local scene have have known him for a long time uh you know king fader is is, as you know 30 years in in portland doing sound and uh you know, we, we kind of joke about uh, having a space like this, and, and sound guys are pretty notorious for being somewhat difficult, potentially, or uh, maybe <laughs> dramatic. Not all sound men, and certainly not Jay, but uh, it's, it's a known thing. So we, we kind of joked about having wanting to have, you know, we need a hermit crab. Yeah. to kind of we want that crab to come up and and claim this shell as its own and then just live in there for the next 20 years. So, you know, hopefully Jay's going to be that guy and uh, really take it over and, and kind of make it his own and that's and great. that's that's a big part of it obviously. You know, we want to have consistency and you want to have top of the line sound and and, and experience for all the artists that step in the room obviously. Yeah. It's a huge huge priority, so. Yeah.
0: Back in the in the Dahlia days, I don't think you were in town then. Mm-mm. But Dahlia was a huge band here. Yeah. And there were, and first of all, most people thought Dahlia was the, the female singer, right? Which that, sure. was, that, was, that was her name was Jeff Volker, and then, yeah. and then Keith was the uh, the you know the the electronics guy. Mm-hmm. But nobody realized that Jay was back there processing right. everything. Right, right, you know, right,
1: <laughs> right. And that's that's you know, it's kind of like a referee in a sporting event. Yeah, uh, they do their job correctly when you don't notice them. Right. Uh, if you're noticing the referee at any <laughs> sporting event, or if you're noticing the sound guy at a concert, that usually means something's going wrong. So, uh, the good ones are the s- the silent ones in the back that you never notice. Those are the best ones. Well, what what is your musical vision for this room? The well, musical vision, you know, we wanted, and with Jimmy Max going away, I think the impetus was there for us to, you know, jazz is is, is the foundation. You know, if we're building a house. Uh, the foundation is jazz. Um, that's a big part of what we want to do. That said, you know, within that, I think people, a lot of people, especially some younger folks, potentially have a certain idea of what jazz is yeah. that fits within a very narrowly defined box. Mm-hmm. And our goal, primarily, although jazz is is the foundation, our bigger goal is to blow that box up. Yeah. Uh, people's understanding of what jazz is as a limiting factor, can only stand in the way of people connecting with the music. Right. And those that want to define that box or defend that box or um, write about that box or blog about that box or whatever, uh, they see themselves as the defenders of jazz music from mm-hmm. you know, the great unwashed masses maybe. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but uh, there's a lot of conflict in the jazz world over what is or is not jazz.
0: Things have really changed.
1: Yeah. They yeah.
0: really have. When I started at KMHD, back around 2007, mm-hmm. we had the jazz police. Right. I would play. I would play Monk. Yeah. And people would call up and say, "What is that noise?" Right, 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 right. right and right, and yeah. I remember the first time I ever played soul music on that station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was even before they m- sure. moved over to OPB. I played, I don't know, the Chilights and you'd have thought I had killed Jesus. Right, right, you right, know? exactly. And then, you know, here comes Matt Flieger right. and just changed the face of it.
1: Right, right.
0: And then I, I'm guessing that you're, you're you're a beneficiary of that.
1: Oh, we're definitely a beneficiary. You know, Mike, or excuse me, Matt came in. His first year as program director was our first year of our festival. Right. And we met about three months before our first edition yeah. of our Soul Festival, yeah. and we hit it off right away, and I don't think it's a coincidence that you know over the years we've developed an even better relationship but i think that it's not a coincidence that as we've grown, mm-hmm. KMHD has grown and expanded, yeah. it, and we've both, I think, benefited a lot from yeah. that. There's no doubt about it. And I think that reflects the reality of today's era. You and know, I, I, I people, people aren't stuck in those same boxes when they listen to kids these days. or yeah. Most people, especially with the access, the information that we have, yeah. nobody's, nobody listens to one kind of music anymore. No. It's just not no. the way it works. Right. And why would you ever want to limit it? That was yourself. the
0: founding principle of Oregon Music News. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, and the ability to be able to, to enjoy multiple things is... You know, that's the mark of <laughs> culture. I mean, yeah. that's the of, of right. civilization, really. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. as far as the club goes, you know, jazz being the foundation, you know, that's a big part of, of the direction we're going to go. Yeah. Um, however, you know, we see jazz as part of a, a, an American, uniquely American musical experience that includes blues, that includes, so, as you mentioned, soul music, f- even funk music. We're going to yeah. have electronic music in there. We'll have hip hop in there. Well, uh, so we're we're going to have everything in there. So did Jimmy. Right. 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 You
0: know, it, it has this, it has this, this uh, reputation as being a jazz club. Mm. But it was a jazz club during the week. Right, right. On the weekends, there was almost no jazz. Right, right, right. You know?
1: Yep, yep. And,
0: and, and that was fine. And, yep. and, and I remember I, I remember seeing the, the, the demographic change in that club mm-hmm. over, over a period of time. Mm-hmm. When all of a sudden, there was a lot of young people there. Yeah.
1: Which was terrific. Well, that's, that's, the, key. that's the key. I mean, if, if, uh, if, if we're not making these access points, and we're not creating an opportunity for younger folks to get into this music and appreciate it, then it's going to die uh and so we have to do that and that's our biggest our biggest you know responsibility yeah and it's happening we, we see it yeah. there's a lot of bands out there touring right now that yeah. are getting a lot of kids excited again and that's right. that's a really good thing we have a lot yeah. of parents i think that are getting their kids into music and mm-hmm. you know we've got some great music programs for kids here in the northwest and i think a you lot. see a yeah. lot of these yeah. you know next generation yeah. kids coming up that yeah. They want to be challenged. They want to, you right. know, they're not <laughs> incapable of, you know, following right. uh, a, a polyrhythmic pattern, for instance, yes. or, or what have you. You know, yeah. I mean, for instance, so they're not
0: going to run screaming no, uh, yeah. when,
1: when, when faced with odd meters, right? Or or <laughs> a different language, or yes. you know, anything challenging whatsoever. So, yeah. you know, I think in some ways jazz is, is uniquely oriented for the modern technological era because you can specialize and you can get as deep in as you want to go or as far out as you want to go with, yeah. with jazz and, yeah. and it's a it's a beautiful thing so we love the fact that we're well positioned right now and there's a resurgence nationally and yeah. internationally with jazz and we think that it's uh it's just going to continue to grow and pretty much the jazz police have died off I think some. I mean, oh, I, I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, I, 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 I like to. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to wish anybody to die off, uh, but I still think we have a lot of people that think that jazz. And it's going to take a lot of work to to move beyond this. But a jazz show is, is shushing people. A jazz show is proving to other people that you know when to clap following a solo. <laughs> uh, you know, these are the things that people do at a jazz show. They don't actually paying attention to music or maybe it's not about that maybe it's about something else so you know i just think it's about connecting and, and having a real experience and whatever that is whatever mm-hmm. type of music that is that's that's what we're all about so mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um i noticed that uh, in in your first uh month or so of booking you you it i i, I do see some familiar jimmy Max kinds oh, of things going 100 which is which is of course what you should be doing
1: absolutely it's critical yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, there's no doubt about it. So we're going to have uh, five nights a week, uh, mm-hmm. or excuse me, starting off four nights a week, we'll have uh, great local weekly programming that includes uh, Mel Brown and his organ quartet, who was obviously great. the elder statesman kind of the Jimmy Max scene. Indeed. Uh, and they'll be taking over the Thursday nights, just as they did at Jimmy Max for many is years. Is that the same night? The same, same band? Night, uh, same, band? J- same band. Lewis and. Lewis Renato and Dan, yeah, yep. yeah and so yeah. it'll be the uh, Thursday nights. it'll we'll still be Mel Brown night at the Jack London. Uh-huh. Um, we're obviously very excited about that. They had their first Thursday this past week, and they were very happy with the room. It sounds uh-huh. great. They're excited. Uh, we also have uh, Coco Columbia Yeah, she's going to be doing a, a curating a night with her and her. You know, merry band of misfit friends yes. and, and players that she knows. She's pretty spectacular. She's fantastic. Yeah. She's a you know Mel Brown protege herself. I and, didn't know that. Yeah, she she did some she did some drum t- uh, classes with Mel back. Really? In the day. Yep. Wow. Yep. Did she uh, go to the jazz camp? Uh, I think she did actually. Wow. I think she did. I'm not 100 <laughs> on that, but I know that yeah. she 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 and Mel have have worked together in the past. <laughs> so Coco will be doing uh, she'll be doing the Wednesday nights. Uh, Farnell Newton who's the great trumpet player yes. here in town with uh, the touring musicians with Jill Scott and Boosie Collins and others who named him Neutron yeah exactly yes. nice and <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he'll be doing the Tuesday nights at the club with mm-hmm. his uh, different groups and different special guests. So is he, is he doing jazz?
0: Is he doing funk? Both. He doing? He's yeah. going to mix it up. Oh, good. Yeah, exactly. Good.
1: And, you know, yeah. that's the thing about about the local musicians especially is that, you know, we want them to stretch out. We want them to open up. We uh-huh. want them to, have, to not feel limited by whatever it is. Does that, that, that mean moment.
0: we're going to see Dookie Green on the
1: stage? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely possible. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it would be hard to, you know, say <laughs> that we're not going to see the Dookie crew involved on some level, and we would certainly hope to. <laughs> um Sunday nights will be – it's a neo-soul Sunday night, and that will be a mix of uh, kind of R&B and hip-hop and beat culture. And we're going to do a soul cypher where there will be kind of like an open mic situation where people who think that they have the rhyming capabilities really? can step up and get 16 bars and try it mm-hmm. out. And it's going to be kind of an uh, open mic kind of situation on Sunday nights, but also with some fantastic uh, top-of-the-line Local talent as well, so Mm -hmm. that's very exciting. So that's Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and then Friday and Saturdays we'll have uh, big national touring acts coming in. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So so six nights a week with music starting off the bat, but no
0: no music on Mondays.
1: Uh, not yet, but we've already got a few different people that are wanting to come down and check out the space. You know, for us, Monday nights was always big band night out in Uh D.C. and uh, Uh out on the East Coast, and so we're talking about maybe doing a big band on Monday nights down there too. So we'll see. Uh, You know, seven nights a week music is plenty. Six nights a week is, is a lot. Yes. Uh, seven nights yes. is plenty, yeah. so you know we'll see if if the people are ready and, and Portland wants to come out and support then we will huh. we will push it as far as they Carlton want to they
0: still have a is that, is that big band still together
1: uh, I think so, I think so they yeah tremendous. yeah, I know they're awesome, and as you know ezra yeah uh he's the one he contacted us recently about potentially uh looking at a Monday night too, so uh-huh. you know i think once once we establish ourselves once people just see the room, I think that the response has been uniformly 100% absolutely positive. So uh-huh. I think once people see the room and the word starts getting out a little bit more, I think we're going to start seeing more and more crowds, uh, inevitably. And as that happens, we'll definitely be talking about adding or expanding the programming as, as things go on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we're excited about it. uh it's, it's been a good start so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've got some other fantastic stuff already lined up. Poncho Sanchez is going to be doing two shows in one night there, wow. uh, June twenty first. Who's obviously a you know legendary lat- lat- uh, Latin jazz percussion player. Yeah, um, that's a really big show. Um, that's going to be very exciting. We've also got a great group called Jungle Fire from Los Angeles that's mm-hmm. going to be there. Uh, we just confirmed Abishai Cohen for uh, some shows there in the fu- uh, Which later. one? The bass player, <laughs> <laughs> who is my favorite Abishai Cohen. Yeah, there's there's a lot. So I'm telling you that that
0: I I'll, I'll never forget that gig he played at the at the, at the jazz festival mm-hmm. in, in, in the the smaller
1: of the rooms right. at at the Yep. Uh, so that
0: that was that was the most one of the most amazing uh, uh, nights yeah. I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, he's incredible. And and you know yeah. we've we've got like Jojo Meyer and Nerve confirmed. Uh-huh. We've got you know we've got a, some really really Pat Martino's going to come in. We've got uh a lot of great stuff at Nationally and internationally, that's already confirmed for the room. But a big thing also for us is is we're going to be doing a lot of uh, local music that hasn't always had the platform, and that would include like Malcolm Noble and Cool Breeze, uh-huh. uh, the guys from Shock, Cool Breeze, and yeah. Dennis. Yeah, Dennis Bradford and yeah. his group. Yeah, uh, Kyle Green. So uh-huh. you know, there's uh, there's a certain segment of the population here in in Portland that I think has long been underserved. Yeah, um, yeah. and. They end up playing in rooms that, you know, maybe are not the best s- options for sound or production right. or what have right. you. So, you know, we want to be able to create this this really top-of-the-line experience uh-huh. and create a much wider array of artists that, that can come in and, and, yeah. and, and make that happen. Young and old, you know, we really yeah, want to yeah. spread that out. We, yeah, we want this yeah. to be... You know, the incubator uh, of, yeah. of musical talent for, for yeah. many, many years to come. And I think if we do that, if we provide that service and, and the artists and the musicians recognize that, mm-hmm. then it'll take care of itself. I would love to see Saida in there. Yeah. She's going to be there for sure. We've, right? we got, we've already yeah. got some dates we're working on with her for She's sure. Amazing. She's yep. amazing.
0: Abs- you know, what people don't know, mm. everybody knows about Liv Warfield.
1: Everybody yep. loves Li- right. Liv Warfield. Right, 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 I, right. I, I would love to see her in your room, sure. but yep. although
0: it may be not yep. big enough. But, yep. Um, but what people don't know is that she toured with Prince.
1: That's right. Also. That's right. Yeah. That's <laughs> and right. And if, he,
0: hey, if he hadn't died, she'd still be probably touring with Prince.
1: That's right. And Sayida actually, you know, she was part of the for our sold-out festival this past year. Yeah. So we did Prince in 2013. Yeah. And for our festival, and then 2017, this past year, on the one-year anniversary of his passing away, which yeah. was the same date that we did him in his last show in Portland. Wow. Uh, we did a Prince Tribute this past year, April yeah. 21st, with Farnell and Saida yeah. and a bunch of other folks. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's some great, great artists here in Portland that we may not really understand, you know. And, and yeah. they certainly don't get the recognition that they deserve. And so I another had, big part of the club is, is giving those people that, that opportunity.
0: Yeah. I had Saida in here, and it was a re- revelation. I mean, I've known her to say hello to forever. Sure. But I've never really sat down and talked with yeah. her. And at one point she started singing blues. Mm. I went,
1: holy shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she's she's obviously you know a very unique yeah, talent. I mean, yeah. she's she's and incredible. Her
0: two songs on the Tyron Hendricks album, yeah,
1: I've played that. I have played those to death on yeah, the radio. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. just fabulous tunes. And that's the thing is that we I, again, I, don't, I just think we have uh, an underappreciated yeah. group of musicians right. here in town right. that. Uh, in most other major cities, would, would be right. stars in their local communities. Jared Lawson goes to, goes, to, goes to Europe. Right. Plays everywhere in Europe. Right. Can hardly get a gig here. Right. So, Jared's obviously one of the artists that we're, we've yeah. already got a couple of dates lined up with him. Yeah. So, you know, this is the thing that's happening. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening kind of underneath people's radar. And yeah. so, uh, that's not necessarily anybody's fault. It's just right. we need to fix the radar. Really? Uh, <laughs> so, I lo- and KMH is a big part of that. I think yeah. KMH does such a fantastic job yeah. of, of highlighting local talent and, yeah. and doing that. So we see that as a, as a big, big part of our mission for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I loved uh, Jared's band with uh, Bird Coder and, oh, yeah. and uh,
1: uh, Reinhardt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, they've got some great stuff. I mean, yeah. there's a, there's really great talent here in Portland, Oregon.
0: And all of a sudden, the world has discovered – Andy Stokes, he <laughs> yeah. played the he played the the candlelight for thirteen years. Yeah, yeah. you know, and then just played little little, cl- and all of a
1: sudden, there he goes. Well, I got to say, his new album. You know, he uh, he hired a good friend of ours, Steve McCann, and yeah. Steve did his album promo, and uh, I know he's gotten some great responses on that. So I think that, yeah. you know why that is I mean you know Charlie Murphy's a good example of somebody that yeah. that came out of kind of left field all of a sudden and he's doing uh-huh. or tra- excuse me Charlie Wilson excuse me yeah. and um, yeah. you know out of nowhere seemingly now he's coming back and doing huge business but I think yeah. good music never goes out of style even though if it may not be always very popular it never goes out of style and, and uh-huh. I think that things always come back around and especially when it comes to you know real soul music or real R&B is that yeah. people you know that, that never gets old. Nobody ever yeah. wants to stop hearing good music. You know. What did you listen to when you were a kid? Uh, when I listened to it when I was a kid, I listened to a lot of different stuff as a kid. I, I can remember, uh, you know, my parents. Uh, my dad went to law school in uh, New Orleans, and uh, I was always reminded how I was conceived in New Orleans and uh, <laughs> rolled up the mighty Mississippi and born in St. Louis. So, you know, for me growing up, it was a lot of like Neville Brothers and Little Feet. Um but also a lot of, you know, Bonnie Raitt, uh Sade, yeah. um yeah. you know, a lot of different kinds of stuff. It was it was pretty eclectic, but I think the New Orleans ethos, the, the New Orleans vibration was was very early instilled in, in, in my yeah. reality and, and kind of my outlook. Yeah. And just the idea of what that is and the idea of gumbo or the idea of yep. put it all in a pot and see what happens. Absolutely. And uh you know that to me is is what um, the American experiment is really all about, and, and it's that's the top of the line for me.
0: I remember back in the in the early 70s um, when I discovered that everything I had loved when I was a kid had come from New Orleans. Right, exactly. <laughs> everything. Yeah. I had no idea. I right. really didn't. I, you right. Know, I, I, no, I, nobody ever had, ever, had sure. ever put it together for me. Sure. And then all of a sudden, here comes, I guess it was Dr. John's gumbo. Yeah. And went, oh, they're all from New Orleans. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you go further back, you know, it's like the the roots of the tree all lead back. Yeah. To, I mean, yeah. what, it, just the first time that slaves were allowed yeah. to play music sure. together sure. in sure. the Western Hemisphere. is a first great book. Have
0: you ever read the book called Louis Armstrong's New Orleans? Yeah. Sure. That is an incredible, incredible... I thought I knew everything. Yeah. I've read that book and I don't know shit. Yeah,
1: it's pretty awesome. I've actually yeah. gotten... I've been very, very lucky. I, I was down in New Orleans a few times and we've gotten fairly close with donald harrison and we've had uh. donald harrison on a few of our events we've huh. had down there with the mardi gras indian chiefs yeah. and uh we've been very fortunate to work with them and and he's the uncle of christian scott who's, who's an incredible musician yeah. but donald grew up on the grounds of congo square wow. his family were the caretakers of louis armstrong park I never knew that. Uh, he grew up under the porch the house is still there um, when they started the international jazz day a few years ago uh-huh. Uh, the first one ever they held was at dawn at Congo Square wow. and Herbie Hancock was there and Sant- Mayor Sonny Landro and mm-hmm. a bunch of other folks. Um, but, you know, it's it really is, it's the first time in human history that the drum and the string were played at the same time. Yeah. And if you think about what has happened since then, just culturally, yeah. uh, everything that's flown, that's come out of New Orleans, has come out of the United States, yes. has gone worldwide, It's it really is the the original source for our yeah. unique American experience and, and what it's, what that means. Uh, so there's no greater city for us right. and there's no more important historical situation than new Orleans. So I was very fortunate to have a lot of exposure to that growing up. That's great. I mean, I remember, uh, my,
0: f- my real first exposure when I was about eight years old and they started playing fats on the radio mm. and little Richard, and yep. all that kind of stuff. Sure. And, uh, much to my surprise, <laughs> when I learned that it had all been recorded in the same place. Yeah. Right. I don't mean the same the same right. city. No. I yeah. mean the same the room. room. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it all connects once you go far enough back. Yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful thing.
0: I you know somebody needs to do something major um, while he's still around on Dave Bartholomew.
1: That's true. That's a good
0: point. There's that's no a good documentary. point. Documentary. Yeah. Yeah. There's no book. Yeah. There's nothing.
1: Yeah. That's true. You no. Know? Yeah, it's funny. There's a uh, there's a lot of stories that need to be told out there. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt about it. I remember the first
0: uh, Ponderosa Stomp. Mm. I went to the, the, the first one they had. Yeah, and I walk in the room, and there's Dave Bartholomew and his band, and here's Earl Palmer, and here's Alan Tucson, right. and here's Cosimo sitting in yeah, the corner. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, like holy shit! I've just died and gone to heaven. Yeah, exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you know, Alan obviously just passed away recently, yeah. and you know, I mean, yeah. there's 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 so much that needs to be kept you know, yeah. there's so much history that yeah. needs to be preserved yeah. and uh, I think getting kids getting younger folks engaged yeah. and involved in this will just help preserve yeah. that yeah. memory and, yeah. and keep it yeah. not just you know locked up in some vault in some museum but yeah. alive yeah. fresh uh, moving forward and I think that we see that I think at least in my experience, the last five ten years we've seen more fresh new energy in the jazz world than we have in yeah. 30 at least you right, know? right. Um, so i think that's a that's a very very good thing yeah
0: i feel really fortunate that i got to do an interview with alan mm. um about, well just before he he played here which right, was just a few months before he died mm-hmm. and 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 i got to and i told him um See you know uh, you know whenever I end the radio show and I couldn't do this when I was doing jazz only but every other thing, or when I'm spinning in a club, I always end, I always end the night with "Sweet Dreams" mm-hmm. connected. Yeah, sure. And he was he was so surprised. This big smile came over because he thought nobody had ever heard of that sure, song. Sure, right. You know. Right, right. And it just and it was so. I mean it was just I couldn't believe it yeah <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that you know that, right. that, that, that that came out yeah uh, I remember one time I was doing a when I first moved here I was doing a, a, a uh, an afternoon talk show on, on whatever 620 a.m. Mm-hmm. was then mm-hmm. and I did a phoner with Alan mm-hmm. and he was in New Orleans at his studio mm-hmm. and so you know it's, it was great it was fabulous it was wonderful and so uh, um, and so st- of course we're talking talk about Fess and and I and I started to go to commercial, and he was in the studio. And all of a sudden, I hear him playing me out because he was in front of his keyboard. We, we didn't—that was was not a setup. Right. It was just—he just did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just like
1: because it was the perfect thing. Sure, sure, you know? sure. amazing. Just amazing. yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys—you know—you <laughs> live the music. You know, yeah. what, what does that mean? You know, yeah. what does it mean to just have it coming out of you? Yeah. Uh, it's not this place you have to go to. Yeah. It's not a mask you have to put on or some cloak right. and dagger yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you grow up in that kind of culture and, and, it, and it becomes such a innate part of you, yeah. from food to everything that you touch and consume is, is tied into it. Uh, that's Those are our unique original creators that uh, we yeah. just don't... You don't have a lot of those, you know? Yeah, it, and It's and amazing.
0: It, and it falls to people like us to you know, bring them to the public.
1: That's right. And I, I mean, I, I personally can... I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing than that. Yeah. So uh, I feel very fortunate to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, who are the next Alan two saints, you know, Mm -hmm. who's the next Fess? you know, who, who, who are the next original creators, the really original people. Um, those people, you know, (laughs) it's almost like they're not born. They're created by conditions and circumstance and history and all these different currents that happen. Uh, and that's why those people can never be happening again because those times are over. Right. So the crazy times that we find ourselves living in now <laughs> uh what will that produce and uh you know well what uh, you, that's a good question what
0: evidence do you see of of uh of the effect of the times that we're in in the music
1: do you see any yet oh i, I definitely do uh you know i i this is i studied social political thought that's what i, was, I thought i was going to go into policy when i was in school uh that's what i wanted to do um Thankfully, I, I started promoting concerts in college and uh, heard a different knock on the door, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, thank God, I I I chose a different path. Um, so I, I've always approached music and and what we do through that lens. Um, you know, music and popular music is is a is a barometer for where the society is at. That's where I believe and. If you look at popular music at different eras it directly reflects what's going on in the consciousness of the people um and i think that's very evident you know when you look especially when you tie politics or in music or, or how does music reflect politics or vice versa and you look at the 60s obviously in the 70s and what's yeah. happening with popular music um and then you know i think honestly if we, if we really looked at it critically i think the last eight years we could say that you know for the most part uh people went to sleep yeah uh you know electing our first African-American president was satisfying on a lot of levels, but I think for the most part, uh, the cultural left, so to speak, uh-huh. I'm using the air quotes here, yeah. uh, went to sleep. Yes. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, we have a situation where we have a, a much more alarming political climate, and that's waking people up uh-huh. back to the realities that, you know, didn't go away the last eight years. Yeah. We just didn't want to pay attention to them. Yeah. Or we were writing songs about something else. Yeah. Um, So I think that there's inevitably, and we've already seen it, and it will inevitably continue, that, you know, people will be using their art and their creativity as a way of processing what's happening in the world. It's natural. And so inevitably we will hear music that reflects these crazy times. And I think... uh, Unfortunately, we have to seem. I don't know why we seemingly have to continue to go through this this cycle in American society where we have to process these things. Yeah. they don't. We, we can't just learn our lesson. No. Uh, we have to get hit over the head with it a few times Correct. in order to right. you know right. have it sink in or remove our get lift ourselves off the apathetic couch. It's a it's you know, a con, it's whatever a con, that it's is a
0: lifelong constant struggle which never ends.
1: No, and that's fine. I think that yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think that's okay. It's yeah. just uh, you know. What is what is we need to apply new baselines? You know, we shouldn't. There shouldn't be a point where we ever drop below fifty percent voter turnout again. Right. I mean, that shouldn't that just shouldn't happen. Yes. And when it does happen, bad things happen to us yes. as a collective result. Yes. Period. That's you know, regardless of your political beliefs or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, it just you just hope that when people fall back asleep again in forty-eight years, which <laughs> seemingly inevitably will happen. Um, that we don't fall that far down again, and that we don't have to climb back up out of such a deep hole. It'd be nice to have some feeling of <laughs> progress from time to time. And I do think there has been progress. And I do think there, you know it's not as bleak as as maybe it sometimes appears. But uh, music will always be. Mm-hmm. The, the salve you know yeah. it'll always be the uh, the glue that holds our society together in my viewpoint so uh, it'll help us th- through this no but no doubt about is it.
0: is there a voice on the horizon that you've heard who, 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 pointing us in that direction
1: um yeah I mean I think you know there's some obvious obvious choices I think Kendrick Lamar is mm-hmm. you know I think uh, to pimp a butterfly will be remembered as bitches brew is remembered now um, as far as like a turning point for a genre and a style and uh, a voice, so I think Kendrick Lamar is is probably an easy choice. Hip hop right now in general is, is really regained its footing as far as you know uh, the people CNN, as Chuck D used to say. Yeah. Uh, you know the street CNN, uh, and I think that's really exciting. And I think that it's really exciting that hip hop has reconnected to its roots mm-hmm. through the Kendrick Lamar album. I think that's that's a big part of that. You know Kamasi Washington, Terrace Martin, Sput. The Starkey Puppy guys, you know, these are—it's all the same musical family. Yeah. And once you, once people experience the difference between real instruments yes. or real creativity and what yeah. that means, and how that interacts with multiple people playing instruments together, right. versus a pre-programmed computerized beat—not yeah. to say one's better than the other in inherently—but yeah. I think once people hear that or experience the difference, they're hungry for that more. Yeah. And I think we, we're seeing that now. We're the standards have been raised, and I think that's a really, really big part of that. I mentioned Christian Scott, I think that, you know, yes. I think there's some really great young jazz players coming up. Glaspers is a really great example. Kamazi's obviously a really great and, example. And Derek Hodge. Derek with Hodge, Hodge Derek is with a just beast. I mean, you know, yeah. there's incredible, I mean, Jose James, there's, yeah. there's Nate Phillips, there's all kinds of these younger guys that are coming up that are just uh, incredible musicians that I think thankfully they're going to have an audience to allow them to actually continue their careers, (laughs) you know, there's actually going to be an audience for them to to tour and to actually make a living. So, um, that's great. And I I don't think we've, I think Michael League, like I said, from Starkey Puppy, there's just some, there's some great, great, young, innovative voices that are part of the mix. So, I don't think, I I don't know. We haven't been in as good of a position musically, I think, Mm -hmm. in a very, very long time. So, I'm optimistic. It would be nice if somebody
0: came along who was, who had all of the elements of, say, Curtis Mayfield
1: yeah, gee, wouldn't that be amazing if we could just yeah. pick these guys out of you yeah. know and, and apply them to now? Uh, <laughs> the, I mean, the beauty, the thought, the sentiment, the
0: the musicality. Yeah, you know. I
1: mean, I think you know we've got maybe we've got our D'Angelo, uh, yeah. you know, and and yeah. maybe they never they never quite embody the same exact position, but they right. they kind of reformulate as this new entity. Yeah, and I think that you know they're out there. The good thing is that. We have unlimited access to music. Yeah. I, I spend all of my time listening to music and trying to determine who to book or who not to book or who to yeah. program or who to sign or not to sign. That's yeah. all I do. And every single day, I am overwhelmed by something new, by just some incredible new thing that I've never heard of or even imagined. And it's all over the world. It's everywhere. Yeah. And uh I don't know. It's it's almost too much. It's like sipping from the fire hose. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. it's tough. Uh, it's tough to stay on top of it, but it's it's incredible. It's it's yeah. it's so deep and wide that it's it's inexhaustible.
0: Doctor John once said, uh, "Your days are filled with money matters. My days are filled with sound, sound, and more sound."
1: Yeah. Where do you fall in that? <laughs> uh, I think it's it's definitely a combination of both. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. It's like the balance depends, you know, on m- maybe my ability to get my work done on time, or something, <laughs> or w- how much sound I can enjoy mm-hmm. relative to how much sound I have to put up with. Uh, <laughs> you know, th- those are definitely part of the part and parcel. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I've as as appreciative and, and grateful as I am to do what I do. Uh, it's not without its difficulties. Uh, whenever you turn what you love into your profession or your job, uh, you cease to love it the same way. That's for sure. And so inherently you have to find other things to love or else you'll just, you know, yeah. run out of gas. I mean, I get, that's, that's my opinion at least. And so, you know, I've had to find new ways to, to love what I do, mm-hmm. uh, to love music, to appreciate it. I will never be able to walk into a concert again and just sit down and enjoy myself Yeah. Uh, as a civilian. Yeah. You know, I think once you spend enough time on the other side of the curtain and you inherently just can't turn that part of your brain off, you know, I'm looking at, uh, you know, was that light hung the right way? Yeah. Was, <laughs> you know, what? how many seats are open? What's the this? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. You know, why yeah. are they 10 minutes late? Or who's this person behind, that? whatever. I just can't, you know. I can't just enjoy it as a civilian anymore.
0: I bet you if you fell in, the, in, in behind a second line, you could.
1: Oh, well, that's different. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah, that's different. And I do that as often and, as I possibly can. Yeah. But that, and but that's also, you know, just, just being around music or just yeah. dancing or just in connecting with it in a real way is, is something that I, I strive to do on a daily basis. Uh-huh. But as far as attending a concert or yeah. an actual, you know, right. produced event, yes. uh, it's, just, it's it's a little spoiled for me maybe. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah, well, you know, we have to. We all have our positions to play. You that's know? right, and that's exactly. fine. That's exactly. that's part of the package. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, one other thing, you have the longest dreads I've ever seen in my whole <laughs> life. How long have you been growing them? Uh,
1: since uh, last millennium, 1999. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's my last haircut, 1999.
0: And you're just going to keep going?
1: Uh, for now, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I've given myself an exit ramp. Really? I have. But uh, that hasn't happened So uh, we'll see We'll see You know it's It's, uh, it's something that uh, It forces me to Keep my position And privilege in mind on a daily basis so What do you mean? What do I mean by that? Yeah. Um, I don't want to call it a punishment to myself uh-huh. uh, But it's pretty close to that Really? Yeah I'd say so you know, I can't say that it's always been the same reason that I've always had them, having them now for yeah. 18, whatever it is, 18 years. Yeah. But that's part of my practice uh-huh. in the sense of acknowledging, you know, what privilege I do have, mm-hmm. uh, acknowledging what, how fortunate I am to have my health and my ability to mm-hmm. use my brain and, you know, just the basic things that I take for granted on a daily basis. And uh, for whatever reason... This uh, elicits a response from people that reminds me of my privilege on a daily basis. Wow. Good and bad. not that That's not necessarily a positive thing in the sense of the the reaction it elicits. Uh, yeah. But it's that's part of you know that's part of my practice now. Wow. Well, that explains it. <laughs> I don't know if it does or not, but it's. Uh, <laughs> no, it definitely does. It, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't, I couldn't tell. So, if that, ex- yeah. if that helps explain it, then, yeah. then that's that's great. Yeah,
0: that's that's what it, that, that's fabulous. I mean, congratulations.
1: Well, I don't know about that, but thanks. Well, I appreciate no, really. that. Well, I, you know, it is it is what it is. You know, it's uh, yeah. the, we yeah. choose to take up our our own struggles along the way, and yeah. that can be that can take a lot of different forms. Really? So, it's our responsibility wow. to do that whenever we can.
0: Well, best of luck
1: with the club. Tom, I really appreciate it. You know,
0: it. I mean, everybody wants you to succeed and, 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 and the club to make it. And, Thanks. Because, uh, you know, you, you've, you've brought spe- you have a special, special place in Portland for the things that you bring in. Thank you. Because nobody else that. does
1: what you do. Right, right. For now, you know, I think uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, we're the only game in town for now. So we're going to yeah. enjoy that while we can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's is uh, it's an incredible place to live. It's an incredible yeah. place to be, and it's it's like I said, it's our responsibility to make it better. Yeah. And So uh, that's what we do. Plus, you get to go to New Orleans. Plus, I get to go to New Orleans, and I get to <laughs> punish my liver and my <laughs> kidneys for weeks on end with fried food and lots and lots of bourbon. And crawfish moniker. Oh, man. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I already ate lunch, and you're going to be hungry again. Tom, I want to say thank you. I appreciate the uh, the support and the time, and uh, the Jack London will succeed if we all want it to succeed. So if, uh, if we all can can join in on that. I think we're going to have a great 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 run. All right. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Tom.